0: Okay, as in go? This is Fork Tales, a podcast that feeds the restaurant world. like what we're feeding you please follow us on your podcast service of choice and do give us a five-star review think of it as a tip for good service everyone, today I'm joined by Chef Troy Gard from Tag Restaurant Group, which you're going to learn all about if you're not already familiar. um, Troy, say hello. Give a little bit of backstory.
1: Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whatever time we're listening to. Um, Here, it's March 17th, St. Patrick's Day, and uh, I'm just chilling in my my marketer's room right now. So talking to Joseph and uh, excited to be on board. Thanks for having me.
0: Awesome. Well, Troy, so you grew up in Hawaii, um, which it's an islands that I absolutely love. Uh, and now you find yourself in possibly the complete opposite. You're a mile up in the air in Denver. Um, what led you to Denver from Hawaii and, and how have those roots from the islands influenced your cooking and your outlook on life?
1: Yeah, thank you. So, yep, born on the islands. We're five generations of being in Hawaii, even though we're white. (laughs) We're, you know, some of the first missionaries to come over there, which is kind of cool. Great stories back there. Um, I left when I was, you know, 21 and just kind of just went all over the place. And it's funny now that you just said that, that I never even kind of realized. I knew I traded the ocean for the mountains, but being at sea level and then a mile up, that's pretty crazy. And, uh, it's the first, first place anywhere in my life that I was landlocked. I've always lived by an ocean. So I've been here 21 years now. So the last 21 years, no ocean, but it's kind of cool. I get to go on vacation to the ocean. So, uh, I'm actually going to Maui on Wednesday. I can't wait. And uh, it is my happy place
0: i love it it's it's hard not to dis or not Fully to love off. uh hawaii <clears throat> um i haven't gotten to maui I haven't gotten to Kauai. I, i've only been to oahu um they're but, all
1: beautiful they're all different and i think they're all very very special and magical
0: yeah yeah and you pick up a little bit of local slang while you're there too so i believe you're a Howley and
1: yeah um, <laughs> <and laughs> that's for sure you make food that is very on all ono. i got oh yeah oh no oh yeah. delicious um yeah, I got picked on all the time because I was a little white kid over there. So, um, yeah, it was, it's pretty different, pretty crazy. Um, but I, I love it. I love the international flavors of Hawaii. Filipino, Japanese, Chinese, uh, Polynesian, American. Uh, so it was pretty cool. And the funny thing was, I don't think I had a quesadilla until uh, I was like 15. I mean, we had like... <laughs> that seasoning taco mix and stuff like that. But I just never really ate Mexican food. I, I can't remember a Mexican restaurant on Hawaii that I went to.
0: Yeah, it's wild. Um, the, the food there is amazing. <clears throat> and so for those who haven't really thought about it or haven't been to the islands, the influences make a lot of sense because Hawaii is uh, it's about, what, five hours off the coast or three yeah. hours off the coast of... Uh, of uh, california but it's five hours away from japan and some of the other ones and then the weirdest thing that i found is they get a huge influx of estonians in the summertime nice which which is like such a weird thing it is yeah Um, it sounds different (laughs) yeah very odd but uh suffice to say you, you move over, uh, into the States, uh, or to the mainland, I should say you're up in Denver. How do you take the the love and passion and that influence culinarily speaking? and, And how have you used that to create these concepts within the tag group restaurant family?
1: Yeah, great question. So I think years and years ago, um, as you know, growing up as a kid, a lot of stuff wasn't that fresh. I, I can't remember like fresh Brussels sprouts. You had carrots and onions, but not the things that we are really accustomed to. Now you go into whole foods and it's like, bam, even, you know, we have Safeways, whatever. So, um, I always was, was taught early on working in California, Hawaii, New York, even Hong Kong, you know, you utilize what you can where you're from. So obviously in California, it's a great season all year round, but in Denver, like springtime's coming up, we're going to get peas and ramps and asparagus. We'll have that too in California, but they could have it more readily available. But I like being in Denver. I like the seasonality of a lot of things and uh, we try to get about, I mean, as much as we can. And I would say sometimes up to 80% of anything that is on our menu comes from Colorado, which I think is pretty cool.
0: Hmm. Is that, is that something that you're continuing as you uh, branch out of Colorado? I know that you're
1: in Houston now and So then, when we go to Houston, we want to use products from Houston. So they're a little bit different over there. We might even have to adjust the recipes, tweak them a little bit. But yeah, that's what we do. And then I want to use our what I call continental—different continents, different flavors, different cooking techniques. And I might want to bring in a Hawaiian fish or paka I want to might bring in some Japanese fish or some Chinese spices and to kind of give it that twist. I feel like America is a melting pot. And there's, it's so international now. And Houston is one of the biggest international cities. It is fantastic down there, but I love those bold flavors, those ingredients, and to take, you know, a simple dish and just tweak it a little bit. I think that's kind of fun.
0: I love that. So, um, I did mess up and, and talk about the tag restaurant group family um, so one of the words that you use from the Island is Ohana and Ohana, ohana essentially yes. means family, but it means, I think more, <clears throat> it's a bigger definition. That's really hard to pin down in English. Um, especially when you talk about your staff and the Ohana that's there. So, uh, what, what part does that play in the company culture? Uh, how do you foster this and people who haven't maybe had the Hawaiian experience? Um, and, and, Yeah. How how do you bring that out?
1: So yes, Ohana means family in Hawaiian. If you haven't been to Hawaii, it's hard to really understand, but I take it even like Mexico. When you go down there, they hug, they kiss. Um, Hawaii's hug and kiss. How you doing? Aloha means actually hello and goodbye. (laughs) So um, it's kind of cool. And we work with 450 employees. I feel like we're a big family, a big Ohana, because sometimes we spend forty plus hours here, sometimes more than we do at our, at our, with our families. So mm-hmm. at home, so we're one big ohana. And uh, if anybody needs any support, anybody needs any help, uh, we you know we want to be great leaders and managers, but also a great family. If if anybody needs to lean on someone,
0: yeah, and I think in, in this in this state that we're in, this industry, um, and, and the struggles that we have uh, finding new talent, keeping great talent, how how have you seen this? this embracing? Cause a lot of people say, Oh, we're part of the family and then it comes time to scrub the baseboards and you, know, you don't really feel very family. Like at that moment, um, how do you put that out into the world in a way that feels honest and authentic? And um, how has that
1: played a role in this growth of tag restaurant group? Yeah. Great too. I I'm, I'll be 52 in a month and every year, I think I get a little wiser, a little bit more experience. Um, I think, uh, when I sometimes say, oh, everyone doesn't like this or everyone does this, I, of course, not everybody. So let's just take a hundred people. There's probably about 5% that are the bad apples, right? Mm -hmm. Sometimes a bad apple can spoil the bunch. So we try to focus in on more of the positives, but, um, that's. What we're trying to do in the restaurant business is work together. Um, now I got sidetracked. Can you repeat that question? I just yeah, lost yeah. my train of thought. I apologize. No,
0: no and I totally uh, I threw that in as a ringer. I think um, when we see this idea of family manifest uh, out there, how do we, how do you make sure it feels authentic and real? And, and what role has that played in uh, the success of tech? Yeah.
1: So authentic and real. I think everyone can see someone who's genuine right if someone is kissing my ass or you know doing it just to do something you know that i we we try to hire people who are genuinely hospitable great smiles wants to do things even if they don't know how to cook but they have a good attitude and want to we we like those type of people so and then as far as um uh, moving forward i think covid has changed a lot i mean everybody knows it It changed a lot of different things. Uh, We just like to be a strong support system. I mean, the days of people staying for 10 plus years are are probably long gone. And that's okay too. But while they're here, we're going to give it our our best. And after they leave, I hope they remember all the things that they learn. And literally two days ago, I had a guy who used to work for me five years ago and just just... Wanted to reach out and say, hey, man, you helped me tremendously in so many different ways. That makes me feel so good. And, uh, you know, some people don't, of course, like uh what we do but most people enjoy the ohana and the concepts and the structure uh that we have here it's just just like politics right there's never everyone who really likes something but right. we always try to do what's best for our employees and the business
0: yeah that's that's a fantastic <laughs> path forward because i think a lot of people pin uh the the struggles of the industry on pay you know, Oh, it's, it's that we don't pay enough. The uh, restaurants underpay, right. blah, 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 blah. You know, we, we've had those arguments before. Um, <clears throat> but I think what you find is pay is of course one factor, but it's not the factor. And, and usually a lot of it is that interaction with, um, leadership. Uh, it's really tough, I think, to foster a culture when you start to spread out to the size of tag and belong and, and, and above, you know what I mean? So, Two, three concepts slash locations, not so bad. But right. when you have to start instilling that middle management, you get torn between that, do I have the person who is a hell of an operator, but a terrible cultural fit? Right. Or or the opposite. Um, And and I think if you go the opposite, like, yeah, you're really fostering that. Like, how how do you find, I mean, you're fostering the culture, but man, we're flailing and we're not doing well. We can't stay open. So so how do you build it?
1: Yeah. Just took out of my wallet here. I made this. I don't know if you guys can see it very well. Uh, Let me, are you going to explain it? Otherwise, I can. I'm going to explain it. Okay, cool. Great. So at the top, it says our business perspective. And then it says the vision. You have to have a vision at work. And so when we're coming to work, of course, we're doing it because we need to get paid and pay our bills. But let's have a meaning to why we're coming. So the vision is TAG is a celebration of the unexpected. You never know what's going to happen today. Someone calls in sick. The dishwasher goes down, you name it, I've been there, it's happened. How do we put ourselves in those situations? And it gets stressful, that restaurants are stressful. And uh, there's a lot of moving pieces, a lot of curveballs. So then the first thing is culture, like we just talked about. If you don't have the culture, you're not gonna be successful. Everybody has to buy into what we do. And again, I'm gonna say 95% of all our employees buy into what we do. Even if they're there for three months or three years, they like what we do and they might have to leave for other different reasons, but that's okay. Or we might have to give them a new job somewhere else too, right? Mm-hmm. But the culture is number one. Next there are core values. So we're coming to work and why are we doing this? And the core values, passion, imagination, courage, caring, humility, harmony and ownership. So in one sense of the word, when I sat down 13, 15 years ago, before I opened my first restaurant, like that's what I want to see in people. I want to give them the ownership. Joseph, you're a server. Uh, that's the guest and the like something I'm giving you ownership to do what you think is best. Now don't give away 500 bucks, but (laughs) let's do something genuinely that's going to take care of of this situation and guess We care for each other. I'm very passionate about my work. You have to have imagination. So all these core values are great. And then the last one is systems. So then we got all the systems in place. And then once you do that, our results are great food, great service, and great finance. So out of all that money was the last when I was first coming up, that's all I thought about was money. Like, cause if I don't make money, I'm going to lose but I had it all wrong. I had to do the culture, the ohana, and um, if that is on on number ten, everything else should fall into place. So,
0: yeah, I love that having that little reminder card is a nice touch. I have one in my wallet uh, that I put in there five years ago. It just has one sentence. It just says, "What if you're wrong." nice it's just a, it's just a reminder
1: I love that i love you know? that
0: like because especially if you have bold convictions and you really yeah. believe in something it isn't a challenge in in a meaning you are wrong it's just say hey don't forget like what if you're wrong yeah, just think about exactly. that other side yeah i like it um but you you talked about uh 13 15 years ago um let's hop back there so um around that time is when you opened your first uh concept yep. and you're about a month into this idea of tag restaurant group and things weren't going well. Uh, Investors came a knocking and said, Hey man, you got like two weeks or we're done. Yeah. How, how does that feel? How did you overcome?
1: Kind of like what your sentence says in your wallet. What if I'm wrong? Right. So um, I like to share my stories like that. I'm pretty open. I don't like to say I'm great when I'm not doing great or I'm, I'm not doing great and you're great. So I I tell that story a lot of my investors, tell it to a lot of different people too, because I thought I was a great chef and I was, but I didn't know everything that else that went on with it. And there's a lot of moving pieces in this business. So I focused in on the food instead of really being the leader that I needed to be in the restaurant. So two weeks into it, yeah, we lost, we already were $40,000 in the hole. It's like, geez, that's a lot of money, Troy. How are we going to make that up? I had, you know, too many people in the kitchen, too many people on the floor ordering too much wine, ordering too many high-end ingredients. So we brought it all back in and uh, we worked together as a culture. The second month, yeah, my investor said, Hey, if you don't change, we're going to have to close the second month. We lost 20 grand. So Mm -hmm. we were moving in the right direction. The third, we broke even. And the fourth, I swear to God, we made forty thousand dollars. So we made an <laughs> eighty thousand dollars swing in four months by just f- focusing and working together.
0: Yeah, th- that's amazing. Um, th- th- it's fantastic. I, th- I think a lot of businesses suffer that from that, where you have a leader who's passionate about the craft, and because I'm passionate <clears throat> about the craft, because I'm good at what I do, therefore success. It's like, yeah, but you're missing so many other things that go into success, especially sustained success as well. Um, And I I love the story because it was so rapid and it was such a turnaround because I think when you're that myopically focused on just the one thing, if I build it, they will come, right? Right. Um, You can turn around things quite fast. And I think what we see in restaurants, large and small, um, multi-unit and single unit is a lot of Ubers and a lot of – arrogance in that, well, it can't be all the things that I do. It has to be something else. It's marketing. Let's fix marketing. It's like, well, you know, marketing is going to get someone to come there maybe once. Um, And I said this to a client a while back.
1: Marketing is going to get them in there, but what are you going to do to get them back?
0: That's right. Yeah. I said that on a client call a few years ago, it didn't go over very well, but (laughs) I stand by it. I would say it all over again. And that is we can get them to come there. It's your job to get them to come back. And if they don't come back, no amount of marketing can finagle them back, you know, especially if it was a
1: terrible experience. You're absolutely right. I always say the four walls. Um, I'd rather do, and you can ask anyone in the company, when we first start out, I'd rather do 50 great covers a night than 100 sloppy Cause I want to blow those 50 away and then we can grow from there. So uh, we, we hold the reservations. We hold, uh, we pace things out because again, numbers are great. And I want to make a lot of money, um, because we're, we're in a, a, a business for profit. We're not a charity. And so we need to make money, but we have to first build a foundation and that's, uh, uh, taking care of the guest.
0: Yeah. I love that. And so that, that kind of gets into another thing I wanted to open up, which is this foray into Houston, um, as well as the total footprint. So I think you have a total of 12 locations. Correct. Right we
1: used to have more, but, um, we lost a couple in COVID and also a couple of leases ran out and we, we, we were negotiating and then my whole vision changed during COVID. Right. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I was going to do this, this path, but now we're doing this path, which before I think we had eight or nine concepts. Now we have four. So I wanted to go an inch wide and a mile deep before I was a mile wide and only an inch deep, which isn't bad, but I want to grow the most successful concepts that have legs. And so going down to Houston, our first one out of state was a steakhouse. I mean, Houston, you would think no brainer, right? Mm Steak. And uh but there's a lot of good stake down there, a lot of great competition. So we had to be on our A game. And uh unfortunately three months after we opened, COVID happened, so all those dollars spent in training and marketing and building the restaurant just down the tube. So, uh, you know, we struggled like everybody, um, for that year. So 20 and then 21, we were building it back up, but it's still COVID's up and down. And then 22 January, I think I remember COVID hit hard again, but we had a great year, a solid team and, uh, touching the tables and working those four walls. I remember, doing 50 covers a night. Now they're doing 300 covers a night by taking care of the guests and working together.
0: Yeah. I love that. Um, <clears throat> across the board, it's funny, so much change in COVID, but what didn't change was landlords and their idea of what the value of the space was is still happening. Um, right
1: yeah, It's crazy.
0: Yeah. And so a lot of places closed, not because they were doing bad, but Quite simply because nothing changed on that level. Everything else changed, but nothing changed there.
1: I would say 90%, so 9 out of ten, eight out of 10 landlords were really helpful and good. And there's always that one or two, just like I said, that 95 and 5%, not everyone's going to do what they should or shouldn't do. And uh, it's just a bummer, right? Because COVID wasn't anyone's doing, you know, come down on me if I don't pay the rent because I'm not uh, being successful, but you can't get mad at me for COVID. You know what I mean? That's right.
0: Yeah. It's really tough, especially when we're all in it together. Um, I also love the idea that you, you took the, it's a really difficult move to, to shrink by design, you know, uh, for those that have ever gotten a haircut, they call it a health cut. You know, you chop back a couple inches because you need to grow longer. Um, but so often I see, um, what I would consider tag hospitality group, hospitality groups, they, with good reason are absolutely enamored with creating new concepts. Yeah. I'm enamored with creating new concepts, which is why I started vigor as a branding agency. I love creating new concepts.
1: It's awesome. Yeah.
0: But with each one of those you have, you have to have your own marketing budget. You have to have unique processes cause you kind of stem from the same hub, but still like you have to make it unique. Like quesadillas, as you said earlier, yeah. are not the same mistakes um, and all of that. So how have you wrangled that together? How have you ensured that when you do create a new concept, um, It is coming from that same heart, the Ohana heart, but manifests effectively.
1: You know, it's, it's, everything is challenging, but what I've learned and it took me a while to learn again is uh, no matter what business we're in, it's about the people. We all have to work together for the common goal. So I'm a very creative guy. That's why imagination is one of our core values. And, um, I like to create, but then I got to the point, I think where it's like, all right, now let's focus on some of these great creative concepts that I've come up with and, and our employees embraced it and made it awesome. Now let's take some of those. They were all awesome for different reasons, but tag was me I was chef driven, um, I couldn't, I mean I could duplicate it, but not really. That was that was everything in me. My my heart, my sleeve, my tears, everything, and everyone that worked there made it amazing. But without tag, I couldn't have done these other concepts. And um so growing growing the the tag and and getting back to your question, I got off, but no, you're fine, yeah. Going from eight concepts or sixteen restaurants down, COVID let us do that. I'm I, I I looked at COVID as they gave us lemons. I'm in lemonade, right? So, um, we reassessed what we were doing. We're all moving so fast that we forgot to step back and really take a look at what we had. Mm-hmm. And so I could have kept Tag open. I could have kept Tag Burger Bar open. I could have kept a lot of things open, but I said, let's take the four best. Like I worked for Roy Yamaguchi. He only opened one restaurant for 20, 30 years. Now he's branching out and doing three, four, or five different concepts. We, I did it differently. I branched out first, he didn't. Um, but that's where I learned a lot working with him, growing, not being able to be in one spot all the time, uh, and bringing the culture to each environment. That's what's going to make it special because everybody can make steaks. How are we going to make ours more special? It's, I feel it's with our people.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that's, that's a good point. We, you mentioned like the multiple footprints. So um, creating new concepts that are evocative of the area or this unique brand moment. Um, Again, a lot of fun and you see a lot of hospitality groups that do just that. Um, But when you start to go multi-unit, There are the optimizations that you mentioned, but a new challenge arises, which is how do you prevent it feeling, I'm going to use the C word, like a chain,
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. you
0: know, which can have really, you know, it basically feels devalued. It's like, oh, well, this is, this is also in Denver. It's also in LA. It's also blah, blah, blah. So it's not unique to my neighborhood. How do you, how do you uh, work around that? Yeah.
1: I think uh, when I was younger and more cocky, I thought chains chains sounded terrible. But as I've gotten older, I think chains can be good. Um, The consistency, the product, the culture. So um, let's just say, let's pick a chain, maybe Wolfgang Puck or something, right? He's a chain, but I know when I hear and see that name, I have a certain quality or Um, it's going to be a certain value to me, even McDonald's. I mean, everyone says they don't like it, but it's consistent. I don't, I don't eat it a lot, but I have kids and of course I go to McDonald's, but at least you know what you're getting. And that's what I appreciate about chains is the consistency, but Mm -hmm. you, you have to be careful because then I see them cutting, um, cutting standards or cutting things that made them that great. Right. Yep. So um, we never cut on the value of the plate, the product. I'm not going to buy a cheaper filet mignon or a cheaper chicken just to make more money. I'm going to try to give the best product I can a best value. And we know how much uh, everything has gone up since COVID too. Yeah. So it's been very challenging and a delicate process to I can't just up the menus all the time. I what we do is we up it a little bit, but we then work on something else on the P and L that we have to get better at. Whether it's hey, instead of Joe's, Joseph's coming in at one o'clock every day, we're going to bring you in at one fifteen, and if you do that with fifty employees, that adds up a lot. Okay, yeah. so you. Losing a few minutes here and there, we're going to make it up another way. So, um, And how we make it up is we put a service charge on on our checks for 3.5% and 60% goes to the house, which myself to offset and everything, right? So I don't have to raise the prices. And we know like chemicals and gloves and everything just went up. And then 40% we gave to the back of the house um, because – they needed a little bit more. The front of the house got it because when we raise our prices, they get more tips. So um, I think it worked out really, really well that way.
0: Yeah. I love it. I think those, those little changes can have such a big impact. I think people forget that because they think everything has to be cataclysmic, these monumental shifts to make my mental change. And it's like, no, actually just little habits, little, little turning of the knob that doesn't devalue. It only increases value. Like all those things. It's good to hear that as a reminder for those that knew it, but forgot it. And those that don't know it to hear it. It's like, it actually is just usually in the details. You know, as they say, yeah.
1: And um, I love looking at numbers. Before I was just food, 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 and I didn't care about the numbers. But you know, like I said, a tag. If I didn't know the numbers, we're going to fail. Just like I ask everyone, do you know what's in your bank account? Of course you do. So you got to know the restaurant too. What are your numbers? How much food am I bringing in today? How much? If I bring in a hundred dollars worth of food, what do I need to do? and guests per, per um, you know PPA and things like that. So um, I like to think we're tag university too. We, we sit down once a month and go over the P and L's. We sit down once a week and have manager meetings. We sit down once a quarter with every manager in our restaurant group and we even fly them up from Houston. So we're all together as an Ohana and working together like, Hey, How'd you get twenty percent, man? I keep getting twenty five Let's connect and figure out uh the best way you know so um yeah it's, it's it's fun, it's cool, and uh we have to we have to take care of the guest. But we also have to see all the other things that go on in the restaurant. Light bulbs. Why is the restaurant? This is a one for me. We open at five, but every light in the restaurant is is on at nine a.m. when everyone comes in. Like we don't need that. It sounds silly. <laughs> no, no, it doesn't. Every little thing. Every little thing adds up. I'm a big stickler on um, the environment and waste. Like you should see. Like these are your papers that I printed out, but I. Later on, I'm going to use it on this side. Right. And anybody that has to print something, we use recycled paper. So it takes an extra second to do what's right, and that's what we try to do.
0: Yeah, I love that. Now, the lights thing cracks me up because I'm a, I'm in an ongoing battle with the misses on that, and yeah. uh, I think every day I sing Teddy Pendergrass to her. <laughs> <laughs> Turn off the lights. Yeah, yep. especially like during it. the day. I'm like, dude, we we have beautiful windows. We have plenty of light. Right. Like, I love it. You know, and it's not that I'm a cheapskate. It's just like, but, but why? Like, exactly. You know, yeah. it's better for you. Natural light is better. For I you love
1: it. Light. You know, I think our society <clears throat> gets a bad rap. Like everybody, I feel needs a little love right now. Everyone's complaining or angry about stuff, and we got to help the environment too. And I have my four, eight-year-olds, and thirteen-year-old. Like we're, we're somewhere, like dad, look at that trash, and they'll pick it up because we've worked together to learn that stuff. Yeah, and we got to make the environment a better place. So,
0: absolutely love it. What What's next for you and Tag Restaurant Group? What, what can you tell me? Like, get us excited about the rest of the year in twenty twenty-four.
1: Yes, twenty twenty-three is already flying by, right? Yeah, it's going to yeah. be April first uh, in just a few days. Um, we've been working really hard with, uh, during COVID. So, um, like I said, we took a step back to reassess everything and really focused on, um, the foundation, our people, um, making sure our recipes, um, our daily duties, all that kind of stuff. And now we're ramped up to really hit it hard. So, we signed a deal a few days ago, or a month ago to open our second hashtag. We're working right now on two more hashtags. That'll be open 24 probably. We want to open four more hashtags in two years. We're working on a Garden Grace, um, possibly in Dallas or another city right now. We're, we're in negotiation, so that'll be hopefully next year. And uh, the Boo-Boos and Los are going to wait uh, wait Los Chingones and Bubu are going to wait another year while we focus on these two, but we're still working on those, uh, in the background, but those are the two that we're going to focus on first. And then we're going to, um, uh, spend more time on the quick casual Bubu and, the we call badass Mexican Los Chingones.
0: Oh yeah, absolutely. Love I'm very familiar with Los Chingones. Um, we, uh, so when, when I owned Vigor, uh, we, profiled that very heavily, um, because we opened and created my neighbor, Felix, believe it or not. Oh,
1: right on. Cool. Yeah.
0: So, yeah. so I'm good friends with, uh, chef uh, Jose. Uh, I love Francois. Oh, I want to say we're is friends. Jose, but...
1: Is Jose Felix still?
0: I don't think so. No, he's, okay, yeah. he's stepped away, but, uh, yeah, really he good friends a long with time.
1: yeah he's cool.
0: Yeah. He's a great guy. Um, anyway, so next time I get to Denver, I'll have to see you. Uh right all right, final question, worst question in my opinion, because it's so tough to answer, but I will make you answer it. If you had one <laughs>
1: final meal, what would you eat and where and why? Nice. That's a great question. Hopefully it's not for a long, long time. So I haven't really thought about it, but my favorite thing is, uh, uh, grilled ribeye steak on charcoal, Because growing up, literally, we ate on a grill five, six days a week. My dad would barbecue something, fish, meat, whatever. And it'd probably be some type of rice. I ate rice every single day. I like a little bit of teriyaki sauce and butter drizzled over that nice steak when it comes out. And I love what – first time I went to Hong Kong, like the way they cooked vegetables – blew me away. I always thought, you know, you got vegetables and you throw them in the saute pan and you cook them. They blanched everything or steamed everything. And the color came out so bright, Mm. all that chlorophyll. So I love choice. Some, I like crunchy vegetables and, uh, it's like a Chinese broccoli. Um, maybe a little bit of kimchi or some Hawaiian pokey. And, um, I'm a, Coors like guys, simple. And I would do that, and I would probably have to do it on the ocean in Hawaii.
0: Absolutely love it, man. That's a fantastic answer. Right. Um, thanks for being such an open book and generous with your time. A lot of insights in here. Um, I can't thank you enough. So uh, best of luck uh, to you in the future.
1: Yeah. Thanks for having me, Joseph. I can't wait to uh, continue listening to your podcast, man. Thanks.
0: If you love what we served up, please follow us at Vigor Branding on Instagram and LinkedIn. Four Tales is produced by the team at Vigor, a Pavone Group company. Audio and post-production provided by Zencaster and the Pavone Group team. Music performed by Jet Trash and licensed through musicbed.com. Joseph handles his own hair, makeup, and stunts.